On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we're eh, about, give or take, halfway through the year for the Kansas basketball season. Let's break down what we maybe have been surprised by, what has hit our expectations as we go through different player and position evaluations for this team to this point in time on today's edition of the show. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get to any of your podcasts. And on today's edition of the show, we're, I don't know, give or take halfway through the year. It depends. If, if you count the NCAA tournament games, Big 12 tournament games, sure, we could be about halfway through the season, but you never really know how long that season is going to go, how many tournament games you're going to play. Um, they're past the halfway point of the regular season, but it's close enough, so it doesn't matter. We're going to do this anyway. Uh, we're going to do some player position evaluations for KU to this point in time. Maybe what's been something that we thought was going to happen and has lived up to that billing, maybe things that have been our biggest surprise, maybe things that we think could change through the end of the season. Let's uh, start with the lead guards and kind of the combo guards. Then we'll work into the wings. We'll finish up with the centers on this edition of the show. Tomorrow's show, we'll uh, preview the Kansas TCU game. That's coming on Saturday as KU will be looking to bounce back. So starting with the lead slash combo guards, which basically I define that group as Either, yeah, they're point guards or they're basically like small two guards that could play the one in a pinch. And I know Kevin McCuller, you could technically play him at the one, but I'm counting him as a wing. So uh, this group includes Dewan Harris, Bobby Pettiford, Joe Yesfu, and Kyle Cuff. Uh, so as, as far as the whatever player valuations would go or for everything that has gone about as expected. I think we all expected Dewan Harris to be a starter and to be a key player for KU. That has gone about as expected to this point in time for Kansas. Uh, we heard a lot in the preseason, Bobby Pettiford being the backup. That has kind of gone according to plan to this point. Um, and Joe Yesfu would be battling for playing time. That has also gone according to plan. Now, we kind of thought Joe Yesfu was going to be battling playing time with MJ Rice. Seems like that has been kind of pushed to the side. It's more just how much playing time is Joe going to get that specific game based on matchup? Like, are they basically going to have a seven-man rotation or an eight-man rotation? Because the eighth guy in the rotation basically has been Joe Yesifu. The last game a little bit different. Um, and then we thought in the preseason, Kyle Cuff would be kind of struggling to crack the rotation behind those guys, which has kind of been the case, but it's unfortunate for him because he had that setback with an injury while he was always kind of facing an uphill battle. And maybe he'll be back at some point to play kind of a role for this team because there hasn't been a, a ton of bench production to make you think that it's impossible for him to be able to do that. Uh, early in the season, he was, you know, not clearly ahead of those guys. And, and having the injury, you would think, uh, puts him maybe a little further behind the schedule from where those other players are. But it wouldn't be impossible for him to you know when he comes back from injury if he plays well enough to, to earn some more playing time for for that specific reason because it hasn't really been uh garnered down to a certain way but um from cuff's perspective uh kind of tough for him because he he missed the time with the injury that like when bobby pettiford was out with injury that he really could have used maybe 
to, to play those extra minutes there and, and earn that extra playing time, maybe down the road, like at this point in time. Uh, but all that stuff has kind of gone to expectation. I think the biggest surprises to this point from that lead guard combo guard position, it's just how good Dewan is. We expected him to be a starter. As we said, we expected him to be a key player for this team and, and have a big impact, whether it was with his defense or whether it was with his facilitating. But I think just how good he was going to be this year, like his ability to have games where he does have a stretch where he can score a little bit, like the six straight against Indiana, the uh, 14 points against Southern Utah in a game that you were kind of inching along and almost you know, got upset in a big upset in Allen Fieldhouse. Um, having games where he has been able to kind of shoot you to a win, like the Texas Tech game in Lubbock. I, 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 all, I think everybody knew how important DeWan was, but I don't think we necessarily knew he was going to be able to do that type of stuff. Um, so that would be a bit of a surprise. And then I, I think maybe just how much Bobby Pettiford has been playing. I kind of figured, yeah, DeWan would play 30, 35 minutes a game, which he kind of is. So I figured that, oh, Bobby's only going to be getting like 10 to 12 minutes a game. Um, and a big reason why was because, hey, if if you only have five to 10 minutes a game that Dewan's coming off the bench and those are your backup point guard minutes, how much are you going to be able to play the two together if you're playing Joe at the two? And if you have all these wings, Grady Dick, Kevin McCuller, Jalen Wilson, MJ Rice, how much time are you going to be able to play him at the two position? Turns out the MJ Rice stuff, which we'll get to here in a second, you haven't had really any playing time there. So those extra minutes that could go out to a player like Joe Yesfu or Bobby Pettiford in this case. Um, so you could have convinced me he was only going to play 10 to 15 minutes in a game. We've seen a lot of games where Bobby and, and it has been sporadic hit or missed where, yeah, maybe on the season it is closer to that number. But like we've seen a lot of games where Bobby has logged a game where he has 20, 22, 24, 25 minutes in a game. And I think that's happened a little more than I thought of how big his role was maybe going to be on this team. Um Obviously, last game, we saw Joe Yesfu in over Bobby, and so expected differences the rest of the way. Honestly, not really. I expect DeWan to still be the starter. I'm still not really expecting Kyle Cuff to play a huge role on this team. I guess maybe if you do want to point to the last game with Kansas State and say, well, Joe Yesfu got a lot more run. Like, he played 22 minutes. Bobby Pettiford only played six. Is that a sign that Joe Yesfu is going to start playing more minutes and Bobby's going to start playing less? It could be. I'm kind of guessing it's not because Bobby still is kind of the more backup point guard role where Joe is more of the two guard role. And because of what you were missing against Kansas State with some of the foul trouble, you needed guys who could make shots and create shots. And that's more up the alley of Joe than it is Bobby. And Dewan played 43 minutes against Kansas State. So, like, I guess you could convince me, yeah, maybe Joe ends up playing more than Bobby in minutes per game if basically Dewan's just on the floor the whole time where there's not a lot of minutes to go to the backup and to where, but, but in terms of being the actual backup point guard, no, that's still going to be Bobby over Joe Yesifu. So not a ton of differences there outside of maybe, like I said, if you want to finagle some of the minutes with what goes to Bobby and, and what goes to Joe um, because of last game being interesting. And if Bobby can't be someone who can score buckets for you for a team that could use that scoring punch and, and Joe, you know, he's not going to, be a guy who gets 10 for you off the bench every game, but he can hit a three for you if he takes a couple of them. He can maybe slither to the lane and, and find an opening for you. There's a little more offensive punch with Joe than Bobby, um, so that wouldn't be totally surprising. But, yeah, I mean, to this point, it's kind of gone as expected from that whole lead guard position and kind of expected to be the exact same through the rest of the season. Um, 
I, I guess with Dewan, you don't expect him to shoot like 60 per, I don't know. Is it 71% before the K-State game? He goes like one of six from, or oh, of six from three or whatever it was. One of six, I think. Uh, you don't expect him to be like a 50% three-point shooter the rest of the way, but like, yeah, everything else pretty much the same. All right, we're going to get on to our wing position, and then we'll finish up with our center position for the player position evaluations. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college basketball season, which is uh, ongoing heavily here, to the NBA. You can bet on soccer, the Premier League, and everything is started back up after the World Cup there. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information all you got to do, head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. You can bet on Kansas in their next game when that line comes out against TCU. You can get Kansas. I mean, right now is the time to get Kansas to win the Big 12 on the future odds, which you can do at Bet Online because they just lost a the game. They're tied for first now. Like, now you'll get slightly better odds than you would have if they won that game or before the game. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's move to the wing position. So the wings would be classified. I mean, before the season, I think I put KJ Adams as part of the wings. He won't be in that group now. Uh, so I guess that's different from now than it was before the season. But uh, Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller, Grady Dick, and MJ Rice. There's fewer wings than it seems. And I, a big reason why is KJ Adams. But um, I mean, as we kind of expected in the preseason, like you expected Jalen Wilson to be the guy. Now, maybe there were varying levels of how good you thought that Jalen would be and, and how much of the guy it would be and, and what those stats would look like, but we expected him to be the go-to guy. And that has been the case. So that's been about as expected uh, in the preseason. You kind of figured that like Kevin McCuller was just going to be a bill self guy. Like he plays good defense. He moves the ball. He rebounds. He does a lot of the little things for a team to win basketball games. Um, and from that standpoint, it was very different than like Remy Martin who comes over and he's this, uh, player with a bunch of pedigree in his past college basketball career to where uh, you expect him to play a big role, but there's also this like clashing of how he plays versus how Bill Self wants him to play, and that took some time to come over. With Kevin McCuller, you expected him to have a big role right off the bat, not just because of his previous pedigree, but because he seemed like he would be one of those Bill Self type of players and, and Bill Self trusted guys. And that has kind of lived up to the billing that he is very much in that ilk. Um, I think for some, and I'll get to this here in the biggest surprise, but Grady Dick's shooting being this good like was expected. You expected him to be uh, this much of a dominant shooter from the outside, and, and he has more than lived up to the billing with his ability to, to knock down threes. To the biggest surprises, though, for me, I did think, like I thought Grady Dick was going to be a really good shooter, but I thought, I mean, it's so hard, and and so often we see freshmen come in, and that's the one thing missing in their game, the three-point shot, that maybe it's it's still good, but it's you know low 30%, mid 30%, and if you're putting all this pressure on this freshman to come in and be your highest volume three-point shooter with all those things around it, I kind of figured he'd be like high volume 35 to 36%, which would still be a good number, especially for a freshman. So that's kind of been a biggest surprise to me that, He's been able to to deal with all that pressure and being the guy who's really the one big three point shooter on this team and still shoot like in the 40s per for percentage. That's been a, a nice little surprise to me specifically, but I know it wasn't the case for for kind of everyone. Uh, I think for some, this is kind of the opposite for me. 
for some, Jalen being a national player of the year candidate was a surprise, but I kind of said before the season, like I thought as your go-to guy, he could put up 16, 17. Now I didn't maybe think 20 or 21, but 16, 17, 18 points per game and get you eight, nine, 10 rebounds per game. And if he's putting up even, you know, 16 and nine on a team that's going to be expected to compete for, if not win the big 12 title, which at this point they are the big 12 title favorites. Then at that point, he's the favorite for Big 12 Player of the Year. And if you're the favorite for Big 12 Player of the Year, you're in contention for first or second team All-American. And if you're in contention for first or second team All-American, you're a National Player of the Year candidate. Like that stuff just made sense to me that that was the case. I got in on Jalen Wilson before the season at 18 to 1 odds to, to win the Naismith Player of the Year. I don't know that that's going to happen because Zach Eady is just putting up ridiculous monstrous numbers though the game against kansas state certainly helped but i think for some they thought yeah jalen could be better he could be an improved player but i don't know that they would have thought he would have been this good that he could have put up 38 points in a game against kansas state or 33 points in a game against southern utah that he would be this consistent of a scoring threat for you and would be able to kind of grind you through some of these different plays for this team um i think i think overall though the biggest surprise of this wing group it has to be the absence or the lack of playing time i guess the zero role maybe for mj rice now as we discussed a lot in the preseason it, it was hard to figure out what the rotation could look like because you only had so many minutes to go around and for a guy like mj rice if you have grady dick kevin mccall or jalen wilson in front of you at the wing position you know it's going to be hard to emerge into the starting lineup and it's going to be hard to play a big role. But we figured, oh, well, he could still work his way into a 15-day, maybe even 25-minute-per-game role if this happens or that happens. And none of that has really happened. Like, part of it was, well, maybe those guys struggle, and maybe MJ Rice looks really good. And, you know, we, we just haven't really seen it a lot. And I think part of it goes back to, you know, practice and uh, him not being in that the the trust tree with, with Bill Self and everything. But – I would have definitely thought he would have at least been like a 10 to 15 minute per game guy. And the fact that there's been zero role has certainly been the biggest surprise to me. And I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do. Like Bill Self's with him every day in practice and that stuff has to be earned. But certainly from where we were in the preseason, um, I mean, we had Jason Jordan on of like Sports Illustrated recruiting. And he had uh, super high hopes for MJ Rice that he was like KU's highest rated recruit coming in on, on their website. And that just hasn't really worked out. And uh you kind of wonder what the role the rest of the season is going to be. I'm not really expecting. I mean, if it hasn't gotten going now, like what would change over the final two months? This isn't Remy Martin where he had that past pedigree. And the reason he's missing some of that time is injury stuff. Yes. MJ Rice has missed some time with injury stuff, but like we had a press conference like a week ago with Bill Self. It was like, yeah, no, he's injury is not going to keep him from, from playing in this next game, but kind of left open to interpretation, at least from my st uh, viewpoint that, it was, yeah, but he's not going to play for other reasons. You know what I mean? So uh, that's certainly been a big surprise that that he hasn't had any role on the team. Again, didn't expect him to be one of your starters, but like you thought you'd get some sort of punch from him off the bench. Maybe it still changes, and you hope it does because he's a very talented kid, and he could add a lot to this team. But to this point, that hasn't really been the case. Uh, expected differences the rest of the way. Like I said, I don't really expect that to change at this point in time. Like I expect Jalen Wilson to kind of stick around as – your go-to guy and be the national player of the year candidate. I expect Grady Dick to hit a bunch of shots for you. The biggest question for me the rest of the way is what is Kevin McCuller's offense going to look like? Because he has been an unbelievable defensive player. He's looked like one of the you know five best perimeter defenders in the entire country. He is so versatile what he can do for you there. He's been a good rebounder. He's been a good passer. But 
the shot specifically and the offense is just not working, whether it's, you know, turnover here, there, missing open threes, not being able to capitalize on, on certain openings that he's been getting. It's been a struggle for him shooting the basketball so far in Big 12 play. And there was that really nice stretch for him in the month of December where he was scoring the basketball. He was hitting shots. He was getting 15 points per game. And when this team is getting you know, 12 to 15 points from him contribution, that's enough to turn this team from like a really good team to an elite team. Like that's kind of the difference or him being able to hit one or two of those open threes a game because just naturally by him playing a big enough role on this team and being out there with other threats like Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson, he's going to get open looks. So the difference between you being like a, a possibly good offense to being a great offense is how well he's hitting those shots and you need him to hit those shots, but it's been really shaky so far in big 12 play. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury that hasn't really been disclosed. I don't know if it's just a cold stretch. I don't know if it's a lack of confidence. I don't really think it's that he's a veteran player. Um, and and I, I love his game. I love watching him on the defensive side of the ball, but for KU to, to maximize what they are and what they could be, they're going to need him to start hitting some of those shots and, and they're going to need him to pick up that offensive side of the ball. I think he can do it. We've seen stretches just this year. We've seen stretches at Texas Tech where he was that guy, but certainly it's been a little bit inconsistent this year. And, you know, that's the big question, I think, from this position moving forward for the rest of the year. What exactly is that offense going to look like? All right, we're going to finish things up here with the center position. And uh, then we'll get to our KUTCU preview on tomorrow's edition of the show. This episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, then I've just got the thing for you. You got to try Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bar so good? For starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You don't need to wait to get a box because, you know, normally for years we've been saying get your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at Walmart or Sam's Club. Head to your Walmart today, pick up a four-box in the pharmacy section of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs, or head to your nearest Sam's club, grab a 13 bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Finishing up with the center position here. What has gone about as expected? Well, I, I thought before the season that KJ Adams would certainly be a trustworthy Bill Self guy. Now this applies for both the wing and the center positions for KJ. Um, the other centers with Cam Martin, Zach Clements, Ernest Uday, Zuby Edgefer, uh, were originally in this position at the beginning of the season. And with KJ, I figured, yeah, he could play, maybe play like five minutes as a small ball five, maybe up to 10 minutes. And then at the wing position, maybe he gets five to 10 minutes on the wing. Maybe he's a guy who plays like 10 to 20 minutes a game. I thought he would he would have a role because he was such a Bill Self guy and he is a trustworthy player that Bill Self trusts because of the defense and some of the little things he does. We'll get to the biggest surprise part of it. But like, I did think he would have a role did I think this role? Maybe not. But, you know, I, you knew he would be the trustworthy guy. And, and I remember saying, like, leading up to the season, I think within two weeks and in to the regular season, I kind of got to a point where I was like, I think KJ is going to be the starting center on this team, at least right off the bat. Now, where I was wrong is I said, I think it'll be KJ to start because that's the guy Bill Self trusts right now. And I think by the time we get to conference play, maybe it's Ernest Duday because he has, like, the super high ceiling. That part has been wrong, but 
I did think KJ would have a real role on this team. Uh, the other thing about is expected, like I did expect there to be growing pains at the, the center position for those young centers this season. Did I realize it was going to be this much? Probably not. But a lot of the conversations was, yeah, you're just going to have to go through it with Ernest Duday and Zuby Adjifer. You'll see some flash games, which you did in some of the non-con games. And then by the time you get to January, February, maybe even March, sometime in Big 12 play, like one of those guys, if not a couple, will have emerged and look like the guys. So I didn't realize it would be this much. And, and there still is time. We still are in the middle of January. So I guess if one hit in February, that wouldn't be impossible. But uh yeah, I, I knew there would be growing pains. Maybe not this much. So that gets us to our biggest surprises. Like I said, I expected KJ to play a role. I expected him to be a guy who could play 10 to 20 minutes a game, would maybe start the year as your starting center, and then from there would maybe work into being backup center slash backup wing and, and play a, a kind of Swiss Army knife role for you. I did not expect it to be 25 to 30 plus minutes in a given game every single game, though. And he has been so good. Like, that's part of it, too. That's another surprise, not just maybe how big the role has been, because I expected a bigger role, not this big. It's how good K.J. Adams has been. He keeps improving each and every game. In Big 12-only play, you could argue he has been, I don't know what, K, it's it's hard because Jalen just had 38 against K-State, and that dilutes the water a little bit. But up until the K-State game, Jalen was shooting 35% from the field. And you could make the argument that KJ in just big 12 games, the five games has been KU's best player in those big 12 games. At the very least he's in the top two or three of big 12 only games for KU. He has been so, so important, so pivotal, so good for this team. He's hit some late shots for you. He is just been so efficient on the offensive end, running that short roll, the pick and rolls, which are taking advantage of the fact if Grady Dick's getting face guarded, or they have all this attention on Jalen and Grady Dick on the wings or being able to quickly pass out of it to get one of those guys an open shot. He has been so unbelievable. In every game, he adds something new. He improves. Um, I've been so impressed with K.J. Adams. He, he's been so much fun. He was he was my kind of, you know, everybody has that, like, one bench player or young player who maybe isn't playing a ton on that specific season that they're like, no, that's my guy. He's going to be really good next year. That was K.J. for me last year, so I love seeing this. I didn't necessarily expect it to happen this year, but, to see it now, like he has been such a revelation for this team, and, and that's probably been the biggest surprise so far. Um, I think the other one is lack of any of the senders finding any rhythm, like the true centers, I guess, behind KJ. Because I, like I said, I, I did think by Big 12 play, at least one of the centers would have emerged to some degree to be like, hey, I can play 10 to 15 minutes off the bench, and I can play pretty effectively in those minutes. But Ernest Uday has been lost in the rotation at this point. Zuby has played sparingly. Clements has played sparingly and hit a couple big shots for you, struggled on defense a couple times for you. Like none of those guys have established a role. None of those have established like, hey, this is what I'm going to come in and I'm going to immediately do this. Like, yeah, you can say, well, for Zuby, his strengths are more rebounding and shot blocking. For Clements, it's more of maybe the offensive end. But it's not like that has been imposed. Like it's maybe, oh, maybe I get two rebounds. Maybe I get two points. And part of that is they're not playing a big role, but that has not been established at all. All. I thought we'd at least be getting hints right now with where this is going, but not really the case to this point in time. So expected differences the rest of the way. I'm not really sure any like I expect KJ to still be this guy and improve as the season goes on. Like I still wouldn't be surprised if by March he's even better than he is now, but you expect him to play a big role. And at this point, like, I don't know that we expect anything less than musical chairs at the, the center spot behind him. 
because nobody's been able to take that down. Now, maybe if Cam Martin gets fully healthy, like he's still dealing with some shoulder stuff, then maybe he can emerge past those other two guys. We saw some good stuff from him against like Texas Tech. But again, none of the centers have like everything we've seen from the centers outside of KJ. It's like, oh, I thought he played pretty well. And it'll be like a three to five minute stretch. And then it won't happen the next game, but it's like, oh, I thought he played pretty well, but it's such a small sample size and you convert it to all the practice time and all the other games and all the other centers they have. It just hasn't led to any momentum. And at this point, I I don't know. Are we going to see any change from this point on through the rest of the season? Probably not. But the good news is KJ uh, outside of the games that he you know, would foul out like the Kansas State game because he is more of a wing type body wise. I've talked about this before. You can get away with playing that guy, you know, 30, 32 minutes in a game with without him getting as tired as maybe a big lurking center who might be exhausted playing 22 minutes in a game. So I guess that's uh, kind of a positive there. So that's our uh, midseason kind of evaluations for how everything's gone according to plan or biggest surprises to this point in time. That'll do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. We'll be back tomorrow to preview the KUTCU game. You can subscribe to our show anywhere you get your podcasts or on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at D Johnson Radio. Have a good rest of your day. See you on Rock Chalk Sports Talk later today. Till then, bye.